road you have. You're now tuned in to Marcus Reyes and just sat back and ready to play. Let me take your thoughts far, far away. Now let's hear what Darvetta has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. What's going on, Far, Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars Audio Archives. So how's everyone doing today? I hope everything is going well on your side of the galaxy. Nothing all that new out here on the Outer Rim. So today I wanted to piggyback off of last week because May the 4th is coming up quick, like in the next couple of days, which is a great time to get some new content. And you know Lucasfilms isn't going to leave us hanging. So we have two new Star Wars shows premiering on the 4th. Now the first show is Young Jedi Adventures, a show set for toddlers. But should adult Star Wars fans give it a chance? Let's start with the pros of watching Young Jedi Adventures. First and foremost, this show is an excellent way to introduce Star Wars to a younger audience. Sure, the show is geared towards children, but that doesn't mean that it's not enjoyable for adults. Many adult Star Wars fans have found themselves charmed by these types of shows. And if you are anything like me, just a big kid at heart, I think you might really enjoy them. One of the biggest pros of watching Young Jedi Adventures as an adult is the nostalgia factor. Many of us grew up with the Skywalker saga, and seeing a familiar character like Yoda in new context can be a fun experience. It's like revisiting an old friend in a new setting. But nostalgia isn't the only reason that you want to watch Young Jedi Adventures. This show is fun and lighthearted, making it a great escape from the heavier theme of the franchise. The humor is playful and charming with silly jokes that will have you chuckling to yourself. It is a perfect antidote to a long day at work or a stressful week. Of course, there's also the educational value of Young Jedi Adventures. The show teaches important values like teamwork, friendship, and perseverance. These are lessons that can be applied to all aspects of life, making this show not just entertaining, but also meaningful. Now let's talk about the cons of Young Jedi Adventure. The biggest con of this show is it is geared toward a younger audience. The humor, the pacing, and the storytelling are all designed for children. As adults, you might find the show too simplistic or childish. However, if you approach the show with an open mind, you may be surprised at how much you enjoy it. Another con of the show is the animation. The animation style is very different from what you may be used to. It is geared towards toddlers, so if you're a fan of the Bad Batch, this type of animation can be jarring at first, and some fans may not be able to get past the visual style of the show. However, if you look past the animation, you will find that the show is both entertaining and charming. Some may argue that Young Jedi Adventures is too childish. After all, the show is designed for toddlers. However, I would argue that there's nothing wrong with a little bit of childishness every now and then. Sometimes we all need a break from the seriousness of adult life. And let's face it, who doesn't love a good fart joke? So should adult Star Wars fans watch Young Jedi Adventures? My answer is a resounding yes. I got to watch an early release, and this show was fun and entertaining. It made me feel like a kid again, and it's a great way to introduce Star Wars to a younger audience. It was fun and lighthearted escape from everyday life. Sure, this show is geared towards children, but that doesn't mean that adults can't enjoy it too. So put on your Jedi rolls, grab your lightsaber, and give Young Jedi Adventure a chance. You might just be surprised by how much you love it. Now the second thing that is being released is Star Wars Vision Season 2. Yes, another animated series. But if you're a Star Wars fan like me, then you know how thrilling it is to see Star Wars explored in a new and exciting ways. And that's exactly what Star Wars Vision Season 2 promises to deliver. For those who may not be familiar with the show, Star Wars Visions is an animated series that explores Star Wars through the lens of cutting-edge animation studios. The first season was a massive hit, and it's no surprise that Season 2 was highly anticipated. One of the most exciting things about Star Wars Vision Season 2 is the fact that it spans the world, featuring shorts from animation houses in countries like Chile, South Korea, and the UK. The global perspective is part of what makes Star Wars so special. 
it's a franchise that has touched people from all around the world. And it is exciting to see that reflected in the show. But it's not just a global perspective that makes Star Wars Vision Season 2 exciting. It is also the fact that the shorts explore new styles of animation. Something brand new. Something that we haven't seen in Star Wars before. From the cel-shaded animation of 88 pictures to the stop-motion style of Ardman. Each short is a unique and thrilling journey into a new corner of the Star Wars universe. Of course, as with any new Star Wars project, there are sure to be some fans who are skeptical of Star Wars Vision Season 2. Some may argue that the extreme animation styles are too far removed from traditional Star Wars. But to those fans, I say, don't knock it till you try it. The beauty of Star Wars Vision is that it allows the experimentation and exploration, and that is something that we should celebrate. Another potential concern is that some fans worry about is that the show won't be able to capture the heart and soul of Star Wars. After all, Star Wars is a franchise that is known for its deep characters and its storytelling. But fear not, dear fans, Star Wars Vision Season 2 delivers on those fronts as well. The shorts in the first season were all incredibly unique and engaging, but they also managed to capture the spirit of Star Wars in their own way. And from what I've seen, the same is true for Season 2. Vision Season 2 is an exciting and innovative addition to Star Wars. By exploring new animation styles and displaying talents from all over the world, the show is a global love letter to the franchise that has captured the hearts of fans everywhere. So get ready to journey into a new corner of a galaxy far, far away and experience the excitement and wonders of Star Wars Vision Season 2, which will be released to everyone on the greatest unofficial holiday there is, Star Wars Day. Okay, now let's get back to Brotherhood, because when we left off last week, Mill started to sense someone evil and full of rage. This is when R2 senses a bomb. As they went to disarm it, Kitar comes up upon them. Obi-Wan tries to talk to Kitar, but it just makes Kitar angrier. And it didn't help that someone was talking to Kitar through an earpiece. It was probably Ventress. Then Mill feels that Kitar is going to blow them up, and Anakin knew he had to do something. So let's see what's happening now. Obi-Wan Kenobi. The detonator dropped from Kitar's hand and bounced off the ground. A blaster bolt fired with enough velocity to burn a complete hole in the palm. Kitar looked at his hand, his red eyes growing even larger when another shot rang out. The guard buckled, one leg suddenly giving out, and he collapsed to the ground, howling in pain. Obi-Wan looked up and behind them, the remnants of the burst still echoing across the sky. Did you plan this? Anakin asked, the fallen detonator flying into his open palm. A second later, Kitar's pistol took flight, landing in Anakin's other hand, though he quickly tossed it aside. He turned, searching the surrounding buildings, and he'd moved to grab his lightsaber before Obi-Wan gestured to pause him. No, Obi-Wan said scanning rooftops for Rug's presence. I believe this was more of that good faith I talked about, in the face of an impossible choice. Where was she? Obi-Wan tried the most logical direction based on the way the blaster bolt arrived, a specific angle and speed. He found no traces, though after several seconds, his ears picked up the clump of footsteps over rooftop metal. Each clang gave away the location. Someone was running at a clip that would make even Jedi envious, despite the lack of force abilities. You should disarm that bomb. On it, Anakin said. How are you, youngling? He's hurt, she said. But that rage is fading. 
Obi-Wan nodded, his hand instinctively going to his beard as he thought through his options. It didn't take long for the footsteps above to turn into a series of huffs and thumps, and then he finally located Rogue. Sniper rifle strapped to her back, she climbed down a series of ledges before attaching a grappling hook to the side of a tall curved wall and rappelling to the surface. The hook retracted its claws and caught up to her as she slowed down, taking in the scene. Jedi to her right, a wounded Kitar to her left. Obi-Wan walked up to the Neimordian commando. There's another bomb. My apprentice, uh, fellow Jedi, is disarming it. Did you know about the series of bombs Kitar planted? Only what was discussed here. His hate for the Republic runs deep. And he has been stoked by Dooku's agent. Rug nodded and looked up. She's close. I saw her ship. I believe she was in coordination with Kitan over comms. They both turned to look at the fallen guard, quietly writhing in pain. The heat from the blaster bolts must have cauterized the wounds, much like a lightsaber, as little blood oozed onto the ground below him. Kitar looked up, and through the pain of his wounds, he tilted his head and focused on Rug. Traitor! He yelled, spit flying with his words. Rug took steps forward toward her partner, but paused and looked back. This is your call, Obi-Wan said. Unless you want the Republic to be involved. No. I own this. I wasn't there for him. Ventress was. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Rogue's normally inscrutable face broke, regret appearing in the form of narrow eyes and a tight jaw. What have you done, Kitar? Traitor! He yelled again. People like you will be the end of our kind. I hope this is Ventress speaking, not you. All of Rook's talk of tough decisions, killing for her government, and her brutal commando life seemed to exhaust her. But here, one simple sentence from Kitar cracked her stoic exterior, working its way past any defenses until she simply stared at her fallen partner silent. She has shown me the path. She promises that Dooku will not exploit Neimordians like the Republic has. Obi-Wan wished he could show Kitar what Dooku had said on Geonosis, how underneath the eloquent words and welcoming smile came deceptions both subtle and overt. But he respected Rug enough to leave this to her. Think this through. How do you know he will keep his word? She asked, kneeling down. Obi-Wan watched as she tried to reach him, as if logic might break through where empathy failed. Even if he does, how do you know that everyone underneath him will as well? The Separatists are an evolving organization filled with competing priorities, including Newt Gunray, 
Their future is uncertain. So you throw in with the Republic? With the Jedi? Rogue paused, then looked back at Anakin and Mill as they worked on the bomb. The Jedi tried to help our people. You tried to murder them. That's unforgivable. There's no possible justification for this. Regardless of what Ventress told you, you planted the bombs. She pointed at him. As Ketone Mordia mourned, you made that choice. I tried to save our people, while you collaborate with the enemy. No. Rook's posture changed. The pain of earlier now turning into an anger that tensed her shoulders and balled her fists. I find this Jedi to be honest, and I'm willing to listen to honest people. But I will always carry the best interests of Neimoidians. You have sold out your people. This bomb would have murdered civilians. Keep telling yourself that. Take the easy way out. Kitar spat at Rook's feet, the glob a mix of saliva and blood. History will remember you as a traitor. Finish it. Kill me now. Complete your betrayal. What are your... Kitar's diatribe ended with Rook sending a fist into his face. We're not changing each other's minds. She stood up. That split-second gesture marking the difference between her and Obi-Wan. He would never have given in to an impulse like that, even if knocking out Kita had a practical purpose. Anakin, on the other hand... Do you judge me? She asked, eyes locked with Obi-Wan's. That question tied into many different outcomes, and he weighed the possibilities the way each might ripple out. You are in a position that I cannot fully appreciate. These are your decisions to make. However, he said, if you need any assistance, you may ask. From the Republic or from myself. As a friend. He turned to check on Anakin, who still worked on bomb disarmament. He has identified me as a traitor. And... She inhaled slowly. I suppose I am. I aided a declared enemy of the state, and he knows it. She took several steps closer to him. He's the only one that knows it. Rogue, Obi-Wan said, consider your options. Carefully. If I finish the job, I have his confession recorded. He will be rightfully blamed for the bombs. Perhaps that will further the discussion on extremism. She looked at Obi-Wan. And further your push for negotiations. It only supports your argument. You will murder your partner, though. Ah. Oh. I've killed so many. In combat. Up close. On a mission. Collateral damage. Accident. The guilty. The innocent. Rogue's gloved hands pushed against the sides of her face. It doesn't make a difference how. I've taken their lives. What's one more? Especially 
If it de-escalates the war... This was not Jedi business. Obi-Wan's mandate was to investigate the bombing, and if he could, to persuade the Trade Federation into opening negotiations with the Republic. The conflict between Rug and Kitar lived in a bubble exclusively their own, especially with Kitar's bombs nullified. Somewhere, perhaps Ventress watched with interest, but Obi-Wan suspected her as the type whose words pushed her own agenda forward, regardless of who got caught up in them. She likely didn't care if Kitar lived or died. I taught him. I mentored him. And I hoped to temper his rage by showing him how we do the work. I underestimated Ventress. The toe of her boot dug into the ground. Or perhaps I overestimated. How much he listened to me. Obi-Wan intentionally stayed quiet. Her words didn't invite an opinion, and in this case, letting her talk it through might bring her to a better conclusion. She knelt over Kitar's prone body, his eyes closed above his wheezing breath. She focused on the wounds she created moments ago. From the sniper rifle, she described to Obi-Wan as an extension of my own body while they worked together on the surface. Did that mean she felt every visceral impact that her weapon caused? From across the way, Obi-Wan heard Anakin talking to Mill about the bomb, though they kept a respectful distance. Rube remained still, only blinking as she stared at her fallen comrade. Seconds ticked by, fingers turning into a shaking fist at her side, until one hand brushed the pistol holster on her belt. This is how it's going to be she said, and Obi-Wan waited. Her hand hovered, fingers flexing over the weapon, her long-gloved forefinger tapping against the grip. I might regret this, but we're here now. Her pupil slit sharpened into focus, and I can't change anything. Her hand moved and Obi-Wan took in a sharp inhale. It reached past the holster, shifting farther to the back of her utility belt before pulling out standard-issue energy binders, the same kind she'd placed on Obi-Wan not too long ago. <sighs> I need a med pack, she said with a heavy sigh. As she cuffed Kitar's limp hands, she inspected his wounds more closely. The path to Namordian prosperity is through peaceful negotiation, not bloodshed. We know this. Our brains are wired to calculate this. Obi-Wan reached into his own belt for a small tube of emergency bacter. The cycle of violence must end, she said, taking the bacter from him and applying it on the burn damage on Kitar's hand and knee. He's lucky we're next to an infirmary. Rug, Obi-Wan said, helping her turn Kitar onto his back. I still believe we have a chance for de-escalation. We need to get to the data center and download the evidence of Separatist involvement. Then show the Republic that someone is clearly playing both sides. I can help you, she said, pulling on Kitar's arm before lifting him over her shoulder. They walked in step, Obi-Wan letting her lead the way back to Anakin, Mill, and the bomb. Are all of Kitar's bombs disarmed? 
We got most of them yesterday. Only this one's left. But I'm almost done. It's safe and stable. I just need more time to disable it. Rude looked at the trio of Jedi surrounding her, and on her shoulder, Keton groaned. The data center itself has layers of guards. I'll need to use that bomb as a distraction. No, Mill said. No more suffering for political gain. A smile crept over Rook's face, perhaps at the idealism on display here. Youngling, your friend trusts me. You should too. She gestured at the bomb's explosive material. I'll use a fraction of that on an environmental scanner about a kilometer from the data center. It's uninhabited and isolated. But our security is on high alert. That should pull a number of guards from the building to inspect. I'll call it in myself. What about Kitar? I'll drop him off at the infirmary and tell them to sedate him that he's under arrest. If, no, when he comes to... He'll identify me as a traitor. I don't know what will happen then. But, she said, adjusting the unconscious Neymordian on her shoulder, hopefully, you'll be off-world by then. Now this part had a little bit more excitement in it. It starts off with a blaster ball going through Kitar's hand. This causes him to drop the detonator. Obi-Wan looks around to see where the shot came from, but in the back of his mind, he already knew it was Rue. Anakin asks Obi-Wan, was this part of the plan? Confused by what just happened. Then Mill and Anakin start to disarm the bomb. When Rue finally shows her face, Kitar is outraged and spits at her feet. Rue is questioning whether to kill him or arrest him, but she decides to arrest him after punching him in the face and knocking him out. Obi-Wan tells Rue that they still need to get to the data center. She knows that it will be highly guarded, so she says she will need some of the bomb to cause a distraction. Mill detests the use of the bomb, but Ruga assures her that no one will be harmed, and that's where this part came to an end. I like this part. There was enough action and suspense that kept us engaged with the story. Now, I just wish that all chapters were like this, but overall, it was a good part. So I think it's time that we get to the quote of the week, and it comes to us from Lando Calrissian. He said, I've gambled with all of the greats, and I have learned something from every single one of them. You got to be able to play the cards life deals you. This quote is all about taking risks and being able to adapt to whatever life throws your way. Lando Calrissian is a master gambler, so it fits that he would have some wise words about taking chances and making the most out of them. To give you an example of what this quote means in real life, we all know who Elon Musk is, the billionaire entrepreneur behind SpaceX and Tesla. Musk is known for his bold and risky moves, such as launching rockets into space and building electric cars when many people doubted their viability. But Elon's success didn't come easily. In fact, he faced many setbacks and challenges along the way. For example, in 2008, both SpaceX and Tesla were on the verge of bankruptcy. Elon had to invest all of his own money into the companies, and many people thought he was crazy for doing so. But instead of giving up, Elon persevered. He worked tirelessly to secure funding and partnerships that would help his company survive and thrive. He took risks and played the cards life dealt him, and it paid off in the end. Today, SpaceX is a major player in the aerospace industry, and Tesla is revolutionizing the automotive world. And Musk himself is a billionaire and one of the most innovative thinkers of our time. So as Lando would say, you got to be able to play the cards life deals you. Don't be afraid to take risks and don't give up when things get tough. Success might not come easily, but with hard work and determination, anything is possible. 
Okay, that's all I have for this episode. Join us next week for part 46 of Star Wars Brotherhood. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Audio Archives. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shed and is a production of Pick Film Media and was distributed by Swaycast Networks. This show was produced by Quentin McDaniel. Star Wars Brotherhood was read to you by Jason O'Dagan. Sound designed by Theodore Thompson. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs>